Hello and welcome to another episode of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. I say another episode rather than what episode it is because I honestly can't even remember at this point. <laughs> no, I think I think we're 68 episodes in after what feels like a decade of not doing anything and not watching hockey. Um, but we're joined by another full roster. Um, so, Dave, how are we doing today? I'm not too bad, thank you. First of all, happy to be to you, everyone on the, yeah. on the cast, to all listeners. Secondly, I'm glad you said another episode but it really don't feel like it because yeah about like six months it feels like six months <laughs> that we haven't done a, uh, a podcast so it's like uh, I'm, I'm just hoping it's like when you ride a bike you don't forget how to ride a bike so but well, um, well just to help we're also recording this about 12 hours earlier than we usually would just to help with the um like forget about the muscle there's, memory there's, just. There's, there's glimmers of daylight which is now really just twisting all the norms <laughs> and everything so but yeah um in the 2021 thank goodness we're out of 2020 yeah <laughs> this is very true this is very true we're also joined obviously by mr andy stafford andy how are we doing hello joe uh yeah not so bad thank you uh hope, hope everyone's doing well uh happy new year to everyone to everyone too uh well just a crazy year isn't it i mean um it must have taught me about half an hour to figure out where Skype was it's usually one of the first things that comes up on my uh, on my um, top programmes because I've not used it for so long it's given me ages to try and find it so it's, it's been crazy it really has my Mac's always done it on startup for so long like literally every time I opened it up it, I opened it on startup and I've used it that little in the last six months that it's just stopped doing it automatically <laughs> and last but not least we're joined by of course the two plus wonder that is Mr Gareth Dutton how are we doing I'm good, thanks, Joe. How are yourself? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. I'm happy it's now... No, it's starting snowing again. I was going to say I'm happy it stopped snowing. It is now snowing again at our house. Um, you can just say, I'm jumping in straight away, that there's some serious podcast rust going off here, because you said Gareth Dutton. Did I say Gareth Dutton? Oh, you God. did. Oh, that is some serious okay. podcast rust going Guys, we're going to cut it here. We're going to start again. This is... It's been a while. It's fine. It's been a while. You never mentioned this episode Yama Yaga as well. That is true. That, do you know what? That, that had also escaped my notice, so it's not going well. It's not going. As you can tell, over the last six months, uh, Greth has has developed an A, um, and uh, yeah. So as Dave said, we've 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 finally managed to flip the, the calendar and uh, put a uh, draw a line under the, the the wonderful year that was 2020. Um, I think. We've spent quite a while trying to figure out what to talk about at this point, but figured that after about six months of talking, it's probably about time to make another appearance and start trying to cast some some light on or some suspicions on what we think is going to happen in the next year and, and regretfully recap over the last year. I think it's probably the way to describe it. So I'll throw it straight over to you guys. 2020, um, where do we want to go? Start from the beginning. Something like that. Given there was only three months to um <laughs> to talk about before everything shut down. <laughs> yeah, we're, 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 we're in the proof. Start January. Yeah. Yeah, start January, you know. Seeing Yami Yaga score in the top league of the Czech Republic at forty six oh. Yeah. That was one way to start the whole of the year. Start as you mean yeah. to go on was certainly not the uh not 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 but uh, yeah, it was, I mean, see, we had the the Winter Olympic qualifiers, uh, which GB um, regretfully dipped out. 
um, on a last game showdown against the Hungarians, which they got the revenge. Um, and it, it kind of, you just felt that there was just so so much hockey to be played. You were the prospect of the world champs in Lausanne, everything else at a GB level. Domestically, the, the title race was going really to the wire um, until the last weekend. Um, and everything just seemed to be going so well. From from a hockey perspective of oh, this is good hockey to watch, this is going to keep us engaged. Um, and then March happened, um, but we all know there was a bright spark in March. Are we allowed to That's mention that? Would it, would it be biased to mention that? I, th- I think this is where we can announce the exclusive sponsorship by Manchester on TV of all Sheffield mentions. I've missed this is them. true. About y'all, I've missed them guys. <laughs> I've missed the sarcastic tweets, but it's great. But no, um, in fairness, though, do you know what the thing is that everybody doesn't seem to focus on? Everybody kind of, every, every Steelers fan seems to kind of think, oh, yeah, the, at least the year ended pretty well for us. We we lifted the, uh, the silverware in the last game that we played. I think, uh, can we not just focus also on the fact that the league season certainly did not end well for us because the last league game was that, what was it, 8-1 trolling against Cardiff or something like that? I'll, I'll take your word for it, what score then, because I... I think it was 6-1, one, 7-1. One. Was it? I can't remember. All I remember of is it was a bit of a pace dim. I also remember playing Zorb football on the ice, but that's about the limit of my uh, of my recap of that game. Yes, it was you <laughs> and the um, Chris Griffin. Yeah. yeah. So. We'll remember the silverware instead, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. We don't even mention the, the hammering from Cardiff. <laughs> um, I just felt like that needed to be thrown in just so that we weren't being too biased so an attempt at balance yeah I like yeah, it yeah basically yeah <laughs> going into um, 2021 with more of a balance why not yeah going with 2021 with something that would be great but, um, yeah. some kind of hockey would be a good start um, we talk about some kind of hockey I mean is there anything else that we want to recap on 2020 other than that I mean that's literally the only thing really that there is to talk about um, I suppose pre pre lockdown, um, pre shutdown, I think that was it. Um, yeah. You know, you had the CHL final with uh, Frölunda winning at Mountfield. Um, you had um, the Panthers not winning the Conti Cup final in Denmark. Uh, I think that was memory says like Sundersick who won that. Yep. Um, so apart from that, that that January to to March, I think it was very much. Um, that's all, folks. Yeah. And also, probably the the one the one I don't want to say bright side out of it, but uh, we we probably got our first hundred percent prediction because we all said there wasn't going to be a season continuing into next year. Um, we were right, regretfully. Um, but yeah, if ever I mean, there was a demonstration of how crazy twenty twenty were. Was getting up for exhibit A. That we all got something <laughs> correct. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, but yeah, obviously, as you say, we had the, we had the full shutdown, and then we moved over the only hockey that there was. And I remember this as being a point of significant happiness when the NHL returned. Um, I remember sitting and watching the first game, the friendly game against Philly for the Penguins, and turning it off because it was not a good game. But um, that aside, yeah, we obviously then had the NHL. So what did we think to the way that the NHL kind of ran and and their bubble system and playoffs? I think that how they did the bubble side, and we'll talk bubble side before the hockey for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, 
I thought they handled the bubble side well in both Toronto and Edmonton. Um, they ensured that all the teams were in not just a cramped environment, they had their own space, but distanced enough. Um, and also, throughout the whole of the postseason, including the qualifying rounds, there wasn't a single positive test for COVID, and the players were tested, I think, two or three times a week. Yeah. I'm, 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 is that correct? Just it was, yeah, something like that, yeah. So if you with the number of tests going off, not just the players, the support staff, not not a single positive test of COVID, I think that's a celebration for the NHL that they actually was able to put off this whole tournament on either side of the Canadian coast for it to be as safe as it were. So mm. that side of things, um, a success. And like you say, it was great to have hockey back. Great, even as sterile as no noise in the stands. Um, you had the cheesy videos from all every team involved, but it was just great to have live sport. Mm. Um, and over in the UK, we was blessed to have you know live hockey at primetime 5 p.m. Mm. Yeah, that, yeah, was, amazing, that, that was just it? fantastic. The latest game being it wasn't the latest game at 10 p.m. or something like that. It was ridiculous. It was like the, 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 yeah. la- the latest game I think ended up being 1 2 a.m. But that was like game mm. six of the day. Yeah, true, true, true. Yeah, so went Toronto, Edmonton, Toronto, Edmonton, so on and so forth. Um, and then once the further you got into the playoffs, it went to the traditional stupid o'clock. Yeah. Um, which is just a shame. Um, also, did we end up with a, like a 12 o'clock game? Or something? So when, when Tampa ended up going to like three OTs, then the following game ended yeah. up going to 12 o'clock the next day or something like that. It yeah, was ridiculous. Yeah, but mm. also you had that moved games. Um, and then also, it's probably worth mentioning the, the I hate the word, but the solidarity of the players where they said, with the whole uh, the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement, where they cancelled a couple of games saying, "Now nah, we're not we're not doing anything." They had the whole press conference in um, it was Edmonton because Ryan Reeves fronted it, which I thought yeah. was a kind of poignant moment um, of the whole playoffs where you know bringing some form of normality, but bringing real life into the whole mm. mix, which I thought yeah. was. I just remember the statement you know, I, from Ryan Reeser. I saw like I hate these guts on the I hate these players. I hate the guts on the ice, but I'm proud to stand by them side by side in this thing. And it was just like absolutely epitomised everything that has happened this year. Yeah. To when the NHL's allowed the world or the hockey viewing world something to look to and get excited about, but actually reminded them, you know, it's not all sweetness and light. There is you know numerous issues in the world, and fair play to the players for saying enough's enough. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. It, I, I also, in fairness, on the lighter side of how they did things as well, like it was it was the way that they also, I mean, for a start, you, you think, I mean, we've, we've we talked before this as to how the elite were going to do anything if they were going to do anything. And, we, 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 you know, if it, if it were to happen, we'd be doing something in kind of presumably Nottingham and the NIC kind of play, like almost like playoff format. It's unreal to watch how the NHL were even going to the extent of changing the dasher boards to match the home team and things like that before every game. Like the, the prep work and, and what they were doing was insane. To, so seriously, yeah. They put out loads of videos of how they were doing it, what they were doing um, to show everything behind the scenes. I think it was like a 45 minute gap from once that game's finished yeah. to the start of warm up where they've got to change everything. So you had all the sponsors. Because I think we watched one of the games and we watched an earlier game, I think it could have been could have been Carolina Rangers. And then watched another game and we were all like, well, I'm like that, that, that board's different. That's that's not the same one. Hmm. And then as soon as the, the, the longer you go into the whole 
playoff system that you they say you no know, literally everyone ain't changing it even to the sponsorship behind the, the players benches and the the um the interview areas, everything done, the detail that the NHL put into to make sure it was as home for home to not only give the experience but also to look after the sponsors was was that really good of yeah. them, and they they just succeeded it very well. Yeah, absolutely. One good thing as well uh, that I noticed on the very first game back, um, they did this whole intro about COVID and everyone staying together. I don't know if, if anyone noticed it, especially Dave or Joe. But uh, on that video where it said support, support and, and thank you key workers was actually of the frog and parrot being boiled up in Sheffield where someone had written that message. That actually made it onto NHL TV. I, I did see that, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I see, I think I saw a screenshot of it. I don't think I saw the actual thing, but I think somebody, I saw a screenshot of it. It's, yeah. One of the, one of the many lighthearted moments um, of sport returning Um and kind of you know, bringing from different areas of the world, like you said there. Um, but no, yeah, it was really like, that, that looks familiar. <laughs> What's that doing on the NHL? I walked past that in town the other day, and I have to say, it was, it was just such a like, I, I love that pub, but it's such a nice pub to just go and have a pint in. It was so sad to see it all boarded up. And just, I know that like, we drive past pubs wherever you go out and see them all shut up, but the, I don't know why the Frog and Parrot was just one that you just, mm, oh. Just love to go and have another bite in there. Um, I also liked it while well, we're talking lighthearted, and I liked the way that they were doing all the screen things as well. Like, oh, um, big, uh, big up to the, the fans in row whatever or in block whatever, and they just oh, yeah. the fans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, the, that was probably Edmonton, weren't it? Yeah. <laughs> or they're still putting the, uh, oh, please uh, make your way back to the car park safely or whatever. It was just like. So that's 10 and 0. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't stand up during play. It was a picture of, of a person on a settee. <laughs> but yeah, no, they admit, though, the, the social media banner was on for mm-hmm. most of the teams, especially when that Tampa game went into triple OT. You had Carolina's yeah. tweets all going, come on, lads. It was it was yeah. the second time that didn't Tampa go into first OT a second time and they tweeted like not again. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty certain when we go on to actual hockey, we'll mention uh, Tampa's playoff campaign basically being just overtime. Um, yeah. But I remember a number of teams are like, come on guys, you know we've got a program on to watch or something. Like that. Social media by hockey teams as it should be done. Mm. All teams involved, on point, good work. We all know it couldn't have worked like that in uh, in in the UK though. It just it just wouldn't. There's this like uh, this no not allowed to be any like communication between team Twitter accounts in the UK because somebody takes offence to it. Is but it was nice to see that they were able to just crack on and ignore all of that. Gref, what did you think to the way it was all seeded? Because I I kind of felt like for the first time in what is it, nine years now that you guys haven't made playoffs, but I actually felt you were quite harshly dealt with that because you were you on the same points or something, but it was like goal difference that, that counted you out. We were two points away from Montreal and Montreal made it into the playoffs. Don't remind me. And when, it all, when it all got cancelled, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when it all got cancelled, we were playing Montreal that night. Yeah. It was even worse. But I oh, uh, know. Oh well. I mean, as a favourite fan, I'm used to it. 
I'm not really expecting much of this year. <laughs> we've got Taylor Hart, it's fine. You say that now. We'll, we'll ask you that again yeah. towards time and see what you think. <laughs> ask me at the end of the 56 games. I like when he's a top it. goal scorer. I like um, I like one of the fans who um, didn't make it through to the first official round of playoffs was kind of reassuring myself after we got kicked out by Montreal that it was okay, it was fine, we were going to get the draft pick and that was all okay and uh, yeah that didn't work out either. But hey ho, the, we'll the let, draft we'll, pick that that challenged the MLS bag on. I was going to say, well, that's to go wrong. Over, um, over how the draft pick was done. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm still bitterly saying that that was, uh, that was done as a fix to make sure that certain teams didn't end up with uh, with Alexis, Alexis Lafreniere. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Definitely. You've got, you've got to look after the Rangers. They can't do it themselves, so you've got to look after them. I know. In fairness, that's what New Jersey did, but they took Jack Hughes over Capo Caco. That was, <laughs> that was like, oh, the Rangers need Caco. We'll just take Hughes. <laughs> Yeah. They both so, need to go fast then bound to try. Exactly. This is true. <laughs> well, then it did, but them two didn't. Yeah. In fairness, not, I, don't, I don't think to the same extent that we're seeing in the, the World Juniors at some points, though. I've seen some of the score lines and sort of shot counts in the uh, World Juniors games, and it's. it's Can, the, the Canada Germany game. Mm. I mean, that was. I mean, they've. Germany have been unlucky with half or well, third of their squad not being available due to COVID and being yeah. quarantined. So they got into these games against Canada and Finland with nine forwards and five defensemen. And you're In like. The Canada game, it was 3D. Was it 3D? Yep. I thought they still had. I thought they managed to get five. Besides all two scenarios that we've been interested in against the same kind of opposition. <laughs> but it's like they played Finland, had the goalie had 50 shots the night before. He started the game against Canada. Me and Griff were talking. It's like, yeah, that attempt at save, you can tell he's tired. Just let him go to bed. You know, let him put his feet up. He's earned the rest. Um, yeah, it were. They, they've had some interesting scorelines. But they've done the, they're doing the same system in terms of the bubble in Edmonton, so. Mm. Theoretically, it should work. Theoretically, I, I, I think I, I saw the shot count for like Austria. They played like two games and they were outshot something like 168 to 18 or something stupid. <laughs> it was like yeah. utter carnage. But I think Spitting Chicklets put out a meme that was literally just um, <laughs> just the Simpsons with stuff. They're already dead. <laughs> like, well, like one, one of the one of the streams I was watching, it actually had that in the corner for the last 10 minutes of the third <laughs> And they're like, yeah, that is superb. But yeah, um, the, the shot counts are, are, are very interesting. And you see some of the the, the German game go back onto there. There were two goals conceded by the, the netminder making mistakes behind the goal. Really? So there are these barely these goals. I'm thinking, I feel good about myself now. <laughs> <laughs> this is not bad. So, but uh, yeah. And you get to the way job. Yeah. But just go back to what you're saying, Joe, you got knocked out by Montreal. It could be worse if you think about it. Had Buffalo beat Montreal and Buffalo knocked you out? I like to think that wouldn't have happened. Um, thankfully, we will never know, but I like to think that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> Who knows? I know, honestly. But, uh, In fairness, just, it, was a, it was a difficult draw for us because we got, um, obviously, you had like the training camp for like a month before everything started. 
and Crosby got injured and Malkin had got injured both, I think, at the start of the training camp and their first games back were the game against Philly in the friendly. So literally, like, we, we had, like, a month's training camp without our two top players. And then Malkin just utterly demolished us in the friendly game against Philly with a suicide pass in front of net. Oh, yeah. And just didn't seem to pick up any kind of effort after that. I don't, <laughs> don't really know. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll throw the question out to your guys. And now we're on to the, the playing side of things. Um, which I can actually get involved in quite much for once. The qualifying round of the playoffs, you know, gimmick, one-off, or was that something you'd actually kind of like to see continue, like other Europe- that some of the European leagues do, like a round before the playoffs? I don't really know. What we're, talk- what we're talking the, the 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 part of the playoffs that Pen- that Pittsburgh actually played in, the the last yes. preamble, the, the non-playoffs postseason. I think given particularly what happened last year in the playoffs with St. Louis getting the win after at that point in January being dead bottom of the league, I think it was needed in this year for for sure. I don't think we could have just gone straight into it and taken the league positions as it was because I think there'd be some argument from some teams as to a last push um, leading up to playoffs. But I don't know. I just All I can think is like you're talking like 80 games in in an NHL season, anyway, 70, 80 games. I just think adding a preamble in as a usual thing would just tip it over because their their schedules are so jam packed as it is. You'd, be, you'd end up playing like an extra month of hockey, which is no no complaint for me because the rest of the hockey stopped at that point. So that's like that's your source of watching. But that'd be the only thing I'd think is it, it'd be difficult schedule wise. Mm. But I think yeah, it'd be a good I, idea. I, I was, it'd be a good idea in principle if. By some weird things that happened, like 2020 happened, that another year of that happens again, where they start in like March and then you have to carry it on, say, a few months down the line, then mm-hmm. yeah, that would be great. But I think with that, how it is now, or how it should be, really, with the 82 game season and a strain to play off. I think that would be. I think that it works perfectly fine for NHL. So mm. pretty much one of them where you don't fix what's not broken. I love the idea. Yeah, I absolutely love it, and hundred uh, percent all for it. But like, like you said, it, it's just fitting it in. I think the only way they could do it is if they start the season uh, a week or two earlier than normal. Maybe they could fit it in because obviously you have got the playoffs and then you have got the World Championships as well. So it's it's just fitting it in. Between all those things. I guess the only other thing that could happen is if they, if they drew it down, rather than having like the top however many teams make playoffs, you you unless you you made it so that you like you, you cut out x amount more teams so that your playoffs were more condensed so you had less teams going through to the actual playoff. But I think that I think the problem with that is the the importance of the NHL playoffs to some teams it doesn't matter where they see if they see it at the bottom of the league the only thing is it means they might play Tampa or they might play Washington but realistically like as long as they see for playoffs they don't really care I, I think that's the only thing but at the same time having some kind of like preamble to the playoffs those games would be potentially even more interesting at times than some of the actual playoff games because they are literally like it, it, it's it's all or nothing, isn't it? If you're in those games and that's what's going to qualify you for the playoffs, then they're going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at it. You know, something like a best of three or max best of five. Mm. 
but it's something shorter than the actual, which the European leagues do. They their preambles are best of three, stroke five. Yeah. Um, I just think, it, like you say, it would add that spice of, you know, you've you've failed to make the top eight in your conference, but you finished ninth or tenth. You have a chance of, of of still getting there where you're like a point off. Mm. And I just think, see, yeah, me personally, I think because you, you could do it over a week, maybe a week or ten days. Yeah. So the actual extension of the seasons, it's not by much. Yeah. And I guarantee you now, if you you get top four ranking, and you get a week just to get healthy. Right. Let's yeah. just, let's just let's just use Pittsburgh for that example. If Pittsburgh had an extra week to get Crosby right, to get Malkin <laughs> right, just an extra week would have probably yeah. made a bigger difference to Pittsburgh than they probably realise. So mm. if I'm I'm honest with you, and it's not because my team won in it. I just think something just to give it eliminates that closeness of the who makes it. Yeah. You then have that chance, but it builds up the spice to the actual playoffs. Yeah, I was. I, that's what I was just gonna say. The other thing is, if you did it in the same format that they've done, where like the top eight in the in the in the league go through automatically, and they don't have to play in the preamble, then it also gives that spice for the teams that are mid-table, like in the run-up to playoffs. Ninety percent of the time, like I've seen it where like. Putting it from a personal perspective, Pittsburgh have been like solidly in on playing like in playoffs, but they're sat in that kind of mid-table area where they're going to make playoffs, but they're not going to shot at first, and that's kind of like that limbo of games don't really matter as long as we're winning enough to secure that we've got that. You know, we we clinch a playoff spot. That's all that really matters. But like you say, if you then gave some extra wealth to those top eight 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 spots then you would have like year 10, 11, 12 teams still fighting for something rather than just kind of thinking, okay, guys, let's ease it in towards the playoffs. So what you could say is, you could say the top six make it guaranteed. Mm. 7th and 8th, 9th, 10th become your preamble. Yeah. So actually then the challenge is to make sure you finish not just do the top eight, but the top six to give yourself that week breather yeah. or that 10 days breather to get yourself healthy and get yourself set, ready for push to the playoffs. Yeah, and I think that, me personally, I think that'd work. And within the schedules now, I understand that obviously that many games it's fitting in, but I think if you, mm. if you move it by ten days, yeah, by ten days, I don't I don't think there's there'd be that much argument. Yeah, no, it's what you that, say that, like a, an actual wild card spot instead of what it's called now. In essence, yeah. So mm. you, your seventh and eighth seed are the wild card spots. So let's just take um, the SHL, for example, the Swedish Hockey League. Like I say, one to six go through. Seventh plays tenth, eighth plays ninth. Uh, the lowest rank who goes through plays first, the, the, then the one plays second, and then third, sixth, four, five. And then you go from there. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I just think, you know, it, it, and also it gives, like I said, we've had a few seasons where it's been like a point or two off making be the difference between making the postseason to not. Yeah, Griffin knows and that. I said one or two points, not ten or twelve. Um, <laughs> you know, it gives also a team another home revenue. Mm. So from a financial perspective, and then if let's just say, let's use Buffalo for example, that last chance guaranteed, their barn sells out. Mm. So I, I think from a sporting perspective. There's benefits to it. I think from a business perspective, I think all teams would be like, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. I think it sounds like a great idea. 
If they did it, though, and I ask this more because of the controversialness of how it was done this year, how would you then run the draft? Would you then give the preamble teams that don't make it a shot again in the first draft? Because nope. that was hilarious nope. how they did it this year. No, that should never <laughs> happen. That should, that should, those who didn't make it, there were seven teams that didn't make it, that's it. They get the first seven picks, and you go from there. The only thing I think that needs changing with the usual draft is I think you shouldn't be able to have two first drafts in a row. I think there should be some ruling on having a first or second draft twice in a row because the amount of times that we've seen New Jersey, they've, they've had Heesha, they've had Jack Hughes, and it's not made any difference. And all that's happening is they're stacking the team then with young rookies who don't have not only vets, because there are enough vets on that team that don't have the top end vets to learn off. You look at some of the like you look at some of the rookies that have come through into the Washington side or to the Penguins side or that have had Ovechkin, Crosby, Victor Hedman, whoever you want to look at across the league to, to learn off, they haven't really got anybody in New Jersey because now they're just kind of filling their team in with, with rookies because that's just where they're always seated. But that's the you only thing. That with Edmonton as well. <laughs> Edmonton was the same principle, yeah. But that, I think that's kind of a tactic in the North American sports where they just tank it. If they if you just don't get it right, let's just tank. Mm. So maybe maybe something in there. Um, it's the way that Detroit have been absolutely robbed out of it because they've tanked like three seasons and still not ended up with a first round pick. <laughs> well, Minnesota haven't done much better either, have they? Take them. Oh, 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 the last few years, Minnesota haven't done better either. Yeah, that's true. Um, they've been kind of there thereabouts, haven't they? Yeah, ish. Is when yeah. they've done all right, they've done all right. When they've not done all right, they've they've been bad. Their season's very much pinned. I mean, it's not anymore because he's gone, but their season's very much like pinned off how Dubnik's been doing in there. Mm-hmm. They went through like an unreal stage a couple of seasons ago where Dubnik had something stupid like a 96% save percentage. But as, yeah. as Dubnik started to peak off because he was facing that many shots and like pulling every game out of his backside, like he, as he started to veer off, the whole team just started to veer off with him. There was, there was no extra in front of him. But... In fairness, though, I think we'll see a shake-up in the NHL. With defense, we're coming up to the NHL tour, we're coming up to 2021 as a whole. I think we'll see a shake-up in the NHL as is because the amount of goalies in particular that are kind of slotted round in the league, all because of this pending expansion draft with Seattle at some point, you've ended up with Washington not giving Holtby another contract because they know that they can't protect Holtby and Samson off when it comes to, a, to an expansion draft. You've had, obviously, Lundqvist was the key one. You've had, you know, Dubnik was traded, which for me was ridiculous because he's on something like four mil a season. But you've had so many goalies slot around. Holby's now ended up in Vancouver. The, the right. of, before we go back onto the the, the 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 playoffs, the amount of changes in the goalies it it resembles that crossing in Tokyo mm. at peak time. Just oh, the yeah. number of, the number of different moves. It was like, you know, forget forwards and this all about the goalies for once. And it was yes, mm. and the amount of movement by the goalies, uh, I've not seen it for in my time following the NHL. They, they were just sat... I mean, we're not talking just the, the, uh, your, your backup goals. You were talking the big hitters. Holby, yeah. Chris, and all them. Um, Tuka Rask was a free agent as well. Corey Crawford. You've got so many. Crawford, yeah, he's gone from Chicago to mm. New Jersey. Yep. Um, seen his pads, so they're quite nice. Um, and yeah, just there's a, there's a heck of a lot of boot for the goalies. So, uh, yeah, yeah, come that... That's the expansion draft. That'll be some interesting uh, picks and protections going off there. 
I already know where I think it's going, but we'll come back to that in a minute anyway. Um, we'll, go, we'll go back to we'll go back to play, uh, to, to playoffs. Just gone. Apologies, I kind of skipped forward there. What 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 did we think of, uh, on the whole, in general? We've talked about the kind of the setup and the kind of the lead up to it. What did we think to the actual the, the hockey itself and the I mean, ultimately the result of the hockey itself. Some of the games were brilliant to watch. I mean, watching it whilst working at like five o'clock, that was brilliant. I mean, and then some of it when it was just like, I think it was more like the the start of it. Mm. It wasn't the greatest, but you knew players were like, they've had time off, so they're just getting back into it. Yeah. You can definitely tell. With me, um, just to see hockey back as a whole was great, was good enough for me. You know, don't matter how how hockey was or anything, just to see it was great. And then, uh, obviously the highlight being the, uh, I think it was Columbus, wasn't it? It was Tampa, Columbus, where I went into like four hours, something yeah. four or five hours. Yeah. And watching it, watching it while there was a thunderstorm going on here as well was was quite something. <laughs> Um, maybe it was a sign that Lanning would have yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You know? That was um, funny because I was, I was at your house, Andy, when the start of the overtime. Yeah, you were, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, we'll, we'll go back and it'll be finished. And then, no, it's not finished. No, it's not finished. <laughs> no, it's not finished. <laughs> Me and Griff are talking like at stupid o'clock. Are you watching this game? Yeah, yeah. Too invested. Going on and on and on and on. Um, And there they got a nice finish, actually, in fairness. But I, I think... Mm. He was. That was a sign that Tampa win, but I think that overtime stretch I think was another mm. sign of how yeah. Tampa was going to go through their postseason. Oh, they 100% conditioned themselves for playoffs after the blowout last season against wasn't it Columbus? That, it, was it was Columbus, Columbus yeah. as well, yeah. ironically. Yeah. Yeah. After the blowout against Columbus last season, they've definitely done some serious work on conditioning for playoffs this year, and that Never like highlighted it. Yeah, never good piece. Of, uh, Brilliant. That was Seth Jones. 65 minutes of lifetime. Yeah. How he did that. It's unreal. Did nobody else think, though, when the game was going on, you just kind of watched it? I mean, like you say, Dave, like, he's, he's that committed to the game at that point. It's like, I, I'm far too invested in this. I'm not going to bed now, but would someone just please score? Yeah, but we've all been there on that, that game that started at, like, half past one. I can't remember what time of face I was on that game face, but it was an earlier face off. Than... It was a, it was an eight o'clock face off UK time. Yeah. Yeah, but we've all been there on that like one AM game that's gone to OT, and we've got work the next day, and you're sitting there going, "I've invested in this, I've just got to sit it out." Like, just thank Christ that that game didn't start at one AM here. Can you imagine? <laughs> all, all, all I'll say is the ones that I did do this playoffs. Thank goodness I was working from home, um, <laughs> because yeah, um, I I thoroughly enjoyed the postseason. Uh, for once, no comment. Um, I, uh, you know, uh, taking which I will we'll give some time to decide. There were some good highlights, some good players, and some you know, some mm. you know decent goals scored. Um, you know, some good celebrations. You had netminders sliding across the ice. Um, but I, I've never known a team just to go on to Tampa and, and you know, well done them winning the cup. But a team to just have so many games going to overtime mm. that were just ridiculous um, and like I said that, that, that takes a lot of takes a lot of mental toughness never mind the physical toughness because you're like you know you're damn you're there again OT 
and we have to do it again and again. And they did it again and again and again. I think they only lost. I think we only lost about two or three games in the whole. Mm-hmm. I think th- I think thirteen of their games went to overtime. Yeah. I think we only lost about two or three games. Um, Justin Williams way. has since lost his Mister OT title to just the uh, the coach of Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, fair play Tampa. Um, but it was just like, I mean, we mentioned about the 5 p.m. once games that we were looking to get. I mean, I think everyone was kind of then just more invested into the teams because they were yeah. playing at 5 p.m. our time. I mean, I know I was. You know, the Islanders were constantly at five o'clock. And then when one of the first games at one, I'm like, what are you doing? Get back to 5 p.m. <laughs> you know, forget the TV viewings back in North America. It's all about us. We were um, the flip side in the preamble. We always had the late one. That's I didn't even watch that many Pens games because they were always they were the games that were at like one that were like the last games played. It was such all, a nightmare. All our, all our qualified games were 5 p.m. Yeah. So that was like, like Griff said, for our finished work, watch the hockey. It was great. Ours um, were just so bizarrely formatted. At the time, I was like, it was while we were working from home, but at the time, I was working like two days in the office and literally like every game that we had was at like 1am the day before I was in the office. It was just like, and I think the only early game that we had was on a Saturday and I was doing something because it was so early on a Saturday. I was just like, it's like, no, but then we got kicked out and I was like, oh God, okay. Maybe I haven't missed too much not watching the Pens this year. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh... Steven Stamkos being the new John Terry playing <laughs> one one game and listening to the trophy scoring a goal as well as that was like literally <laughs> yeah. I think it, it wasn't even just one game wasn't it just one shift it Possibly. ended up being one shift yeah it was just one shift um, but uh, my only gripe for it all was the beginning of the conference final and only, not because of the result because I think Tampa was always going to beat us but it was the fact that we played the game seven on the saturday flew into edmonton to get into the protocols of everything played the game one of the eastern conference final on the monday i'm just like you could have given 24 hours because games we were where the game moved because of tampa columbus going to um the, the following month yeah um and that, for me that was the only gripe about it all but um a fantastic run from from the Islanders but also I thought it was a great run by uh, Vegas I genuinely thought Vegas would do it and I genuinely think they didn't because they put so much favour favour on Leonard they, they had an experienced vet who'd got significant experience playing a full playoff series and don't get me wrong at times like I, I, I could see why they were playing Leonard but then you'd watch he'd have like five, ga- five goals against the previous day and Vegas went out shooting half the time, and it was just that Leonard was letting in some softish goals. And then the next game, they were starting Leonard again. It just made no sense. For, for me, I mean, you went, you'd always go with the hotter goalie. Um, mm. And in the group stage that the top four seeds had, he was the hotter of the two. Yeah. So it made it made sense. I mean, I know, your argument of it made no sense to him conceding a load, play the next game, with having Flurry in the background. But you see it so many times in the po- in the postseason anyway. I mean, in fairness, Flair has been the benefit of that, and not when when Pittsburgh won the cups. Um, yeah. So, coach makes a call, go with a hot goalie. Yeah. Uh, and in fairness, as much as he were conceding a few soft ones, he was pulling off some ridiculous. He, he saves. did play well. He did play. The, the, the only, the only thing one I of, was thinking was they put Flurry in as like a last resort. Two goals too late for me at times. You when like you say, I know what you say. Like you put the hot goalie in and. 
But the, the thing they had the benefit of was they had a starting netminder sat on the bench. It wasn't like they were sat there thinking, oh, shall we pull Holtby to put Samsonov in? He's a rookie. Like, do we risk it? Yeah. They had yeah. Fleury there. Like, But there's no telling whether Fleury would have done a better job. In fairness, the last couple of seasons in Pittsburgh, Fleury was a bit shaky in playoffs. And obviously that's why we ended up favouring Murray. So, you know, you, 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 you toss the coin, don't you? You roll the dice and you go with your decision. You've got to stick by it. But uh, also, uh, nods to Dallas, um, a good run there. But uh, the celebration of the goalie when they won the series against Vegas, mm. um, and that was that's quite humorous. Um, fair play to him. It was like, yeah, we're not going home. Oh, well done, well observed. Um, but yeah, they 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 bought into it all because they did look like a team that you thought were going to go um, far at all. I was talking to a friend, Dallas fan, and he was like, no, we'll we'll, we'll buy tickets now. We'll go back home. And I'm like, you win one. Just give that one win. Yeah. And go around and ride with it. And Dallas rode with it and went, you know, two wins away from the cup. So, you know, yeah. as you know, throughout the whole postseason, there were some good individual performances. Team performance in Vancouver, I thought, did well. Um, good story that went proven when, oh, who's a goalie now who, who stepped in? Mac, Math, not Matheson, Mackerson? Markstrom. Markstrom, that's it. I think it was his first playoff game. We got a shutout, um, mm. and 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 they, the team got fined allegedly by bringing in um, uh, lady entertainers. Shall we phrase oh, it? Oh, that was wasn't that oh, yeah. Demko? Oh, Demko. That's it. Yeah, that Demko. That's I can't remember which one it was, but he it was his first postseason start. Gets a shutout, keeps him in the series, and like, yeah, we'll, we'll pay for it, lads. Uh, and the league fined allegedly fined him uh, for bringing these people that weren't within the uh, protocol. I'd be interested to see how they brought them in if they did. Uh, through the protocol, uh, that'd be an interesting conversation. Well, well, well bad probably. Just snark it by, just empty it all out, you know, and just put her in there. Then you, you're just good to go. What do you go upstairs? No one will know. <laughs> that is someone who's thought <laughs> far too much about that subject. <laughs> well, you never know where he might need it. So, um, but yeah, um, yeah, for me with goalies, just like you say with uh, Flurry and and Vegas, uh, similar for Dallas, because I mean, it's it's the worst. I've seen Bishop play for a very long time. As Dallas, I mean, pretty much every game he played, he was being swapped for Hudobin, and Hudobin pretty much carried them yeah. throughout the whole yeah. whole, whole run. Uh, and then you know that makes the rookie step up. You no, know, Joel Kivaranta and Denis Vorianov, you know, players he never heard of before, but they really, really uh, put a shift in every night, and they got the points. And again, between them, they just worked really hard and got Dallas where they, where they were. But um, I felt a bit sorry for. One player in particular, uh, uh, and that's Braden Point, because I think every game that went to overtime, he, he probably scored the winner for. Yeah. I think that maybe he probably should have had the MVP. Instead, of, not not to say Heaven did a bad job, but I think uh, Braden Point really, really, you know, put more effort into into getting those wins. So I think he, I think he deserved the MVP more. I'm going to say there's points and then there's clutch points, aren't there? And I think I mm. think he. Um... You know, Braden Point was like absolutely insane. Alex Killorn did another, you know, a stellar job for him, but Braden Point was just on another level. Yeah. And um, but I, in fairness, I think it's the same as it's the same as when Pittsburgh won it. It's the, you know, it was always going to go to Crosby when we won it. It was always going to go to Hedman at that point. But I think I think the flip side is Hedman does so much at the back end as well. Um, the guy's a tank. He's an absolute unit, and I just I just can't. 
I, I'd absolutely, I mean, uh, it goes without saying that you'd love to see him in your own jersey, but no, I, I, in fairness, I thought the same thing. I expected a point to get it at that point. It weren't just the points at the back, what he's working the back end, it was his mm. goals. Weren't the system, it was his goals, and he was scoring a shed load. Last um, from the blue line, the other time. Yeah. He, he, I think every game in, in the conference final, I think he scored in every yeah. game. As a defender, it's like, you know, and he did it the round before, and he was he was consistently providing at both ends. So yeah. I agree with the concept of what you're saying, Andy, in terms of you know, point should have had a better shout, but Hedman was as much as you knew Hedman was good, he raised his own game, and he, he was just a giant amongst everyone. Um, some, of, some of his goals, he, he really raised the stakes as well, though, because he, he was playing a really high risk game at times. Some oh. of his goals were coming like hash mark end. And he was basically yeah. like waiting on point, and he was waiting on point at the top end of the face-off circles rather than at a blue. Like all it would have taken was a fumble pass, and they got a clear shot on goal. They could have gone two or one easy doors, but literally, like he, he just played that like high-risk, high-reward game. Literally getting it on that point, that's that extra ten foot forward just gave him that that ultimate power. It obviously, he gave his accuracy a bigger shot because he got more to shoot at, and he just got that extra power. I'm not trying to work out where we go from here. We've, we've, talk, we've, talk, we've talked about playoffs. Is there anything else we want to talk about playoffs or do we want to go on to um, 2021? Yeah, why not? Let's yeah, move on. But, but yeah, yeah, well done, t- t- um, Tampa Bay and winning the cup. In, in fairness, it makes sense to me with the way we've done this to continue because we've got 2021 to speak about. We've got the NHL season that starts in 11 days. It makes sense to me to start with the NHL and then finish with the Elite League, given that we've talked about NHL to this point. So what what do we think? Because in fairness, you say congratulations to Tampa Bay. Looking at the divisions that we've got drawn up in the NHL this year, I think I'll be putting my money on them again, to be honest. Yeah, well, forget that. Forget Tampa Bay and the soft league that they're, they're in. What you said before we started, 10 Battle of Alberta's. Yeah, 100%. Forget the rest of the NHL. Forget the Battle of Hudson River. It's all about these games. That's just going to be the, the season itself. Who cares? Yeah. Let them hate each other to the extent of prior years. Let's have some old-time hockey back in these games. Half the time these days, though, it's not even um, it's not even the Battle of Alberta. It's the Battle of Kachuk against Cassian. That's like what everybody wants to see. Well, hopefully that we get back to the old days of, of a pure Battle of Alberta. So I know in our division, a lot of our games... Um, it's we, so our first two games against the Rangers uh, at MSG, and then we'll play someone else, someone else, and it's another doubleheader. Mm. And then another, I think our first time we play Pittsburgh, it's doubleheader. First time we play Buffalo, um, it's doubleheader. Though bizarrely, a game Islanders Buffalo is on made the um, NBC Cup. Bizarrely, um, of all games, of all games to actually put on there. Um, yeah. So uh, the, all the doubleheaders, I, I just I like it. I'm, loving, I'm I'm just hoping that the league and the referees don't kind of do what they have done for the over the last few seasons and try and stamp out stuff of what hockey's about and and not go into the arguments of the physical play of it. But it's a chance for the rivalries to really bubble and really you know thrive, and it sells the game. If you yeah. know you're going to get a, a tasty game with the skill, with the, you know everything about it, but with this rivalry of They've played them six times. There's been some bit of bad blood. It will sell to the TV. Yeah. It's not going to sell to the fans because obviously the fans have got more than likely not going to be at the games. But it'll sell to. It'll have that TV market where people want to go. Actually, instead of watching 
Family Guy or something. I'm actually going to watch this game. In fairness, I because was, it's, I was it's on TV. the edge. I was like, do I renew an NHL TV subscription? And then I saw 10 Battle of Alberta games and I went, yes, yes, I do. Because, the, <laughs> because like, the TV markets are pretty poor. Yeah. If you go around the actual figures of actually how many people watch it. So this is an opportunity for NHL to go, okay, we don't want it just to be full bench clearances every game. But let the rivalries bubble, let them brew, let them fester. Let's have good theatre where we can't have the theatre of the crowd making the atmosphere. So I just hope that they don't miss the trick. But apart from that, there's some good rivalries that I'm looking forward to watching. Yeah. There's some good rivalries to look forward to, but then we've also got Wes McCauley as well to look forward to. Oh, that's oh, going to yeah. be amazing. Well, that gi- that's a given anyway, mate. I mean, we've already had like a few funny comments from the, the referees at the World Juniors, and it's like, this is going to be another level for Wes. Could you imagine Wes McCauley? with the lines he has at the juniors. <laughs> what was it now? Play positive, test negative. Let's go, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I think well, it was another one. The other one was play nice guy, guys. Santa's watching. Drops a puck. And I just brilliant. like, I just, this, yeah, it's brilliant. It's like, oh, we've got some referees with character. That's what you want, though. I mean, how many other NHL referees can you name other than Wes McCauley? Like, <laughs> yeah. You can't. Oh, uh, Jim Levesque, as NHL fans know, every single game, he apparently refs it. He refs every single game, apparently, so there's one there. (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) No, in fairness, the way the playoffs was run, we we saw a hell of a lot more fights at the beginning of playoffs and that preamble stage as well than I ever expected to see. Like, it bubbled over a hell of a lot more than we thought. Like, there were about three fights on opening night. There was, yeah. there was plenty of postseason cuddles. It was bizarre from you don't normally see them at the in the playoffs. But it was mm. that meant it was like, oh yeah, let's let's carry on. Let's enjoy this. Yeah. The the most yeah, contact the, the most contact leading up to COVID that we'd seen before, that was the England Wales rugby game where um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in our in our first game against Washington, there were two fights in that game. Mm. That was the first period. So it's like, wow, this is this is a bit rare for the playoffs. Mm. So yeah. there were also players you never expected to see fight at times as well. Then it was some serious like well, he's for what? Like yeah, we're just we're just did Williams one of the fighters? Did I he think, fight one of the Rangers yeah, players? So. Yeah, yeah. I know Anders Lee were dropping the gloves. It's like what are you doing? Behave yourself. <laughs> um, and like I said, other players were like, what, what's he doing? He doesn't fight. <laughs> no, get your gloves back on, sit on the bench, be a good little boy. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was very rare that score, but it, you know, it, I suppose it also shows how much they wanted to win, you know, mm. that chance to get their name on the cup. Yeah, well, yeah, true. Uh, but uh, to go back onto this season, um, I, I think Tampa will have an easier run to the the latter stages. The only difficulty for them will be is that's when they make come unstuck because they've had a, a, a relatively good run. Mm. what their skill set should determine that they'll go through, it's when they first get tested. Whereas in our division, yeah. for example, um, because it's the first round or first two rounds are interdivisional, aren't they? Memory serves me right. Yes. So in our, in our division, you know, potentially we could be playing 
as I say, we as the Islanders could be playing the Penguins or could be playing the Rangers or could be playing uh, Washington or mm. Philly. So that's four Boston. teams there. Boston. So it's five teams there, which you could play two series and you've gone, wow, that's that was a big tough series. So you get to your third one, you're battle hardened. Yeah. And probably injured black and blue. Whereas Tampa, unless a couple of the teams in there does something and really, you know, gets a bit of a spark and, and, and goes somewhere, they're not going to have that until the last stage. Yeah. And you've seen it in, in different sports where a team that you think, yeah, they've, they've got it, they get to that stage where they actually get tested. And that's where you go, right, this is where it all, all falls down. Yeah. So, We've not been used to this level of competition. No. Particularly at the back end as well, though. I mean, like, you've got... I'm looking at the division that Tampa are in, and I'm also thinking there's no solid shooters on any of those central division teams. So, like, Vasilevsky's not going to come up against nearly as much competition as he would have done playing the likes of Colorado with McKinnon, Ranton and Landeskog, or going up against, as was Boston, with Chara coming in with the shots, and then Marsham, Pasternak and, and Bergeron coming in. They, they're not going to have any of that competition. I'm, I'm, you know, in all fairness, they've got, what, Detroit, meh, Florida, meh, Dallas. All right, Dallas proved themselves to be a, to be a good contender last year, but in fairness, other than Sagan and Ben, they've not really got a lot of firepower. It, it's, who are you going to have that's putting, putting the firepower in, in that division? The, the interesting one, I know we've mentioned the Battle of Alberta, but um, that Canadian division all round, Mm. Uh, could be some interesting, and then potentially Toronto may have the opportunity of. I mean, I think, at first, I think they may. That's if the team can put the Zimmer frames down. But they may go. Do you know we may not have a first round against Boston? Yeah, and they're they're probably rejoicing at that. Um. Yeah. True. Yeah. But it's like you know, you kind of have. They have a, a mm. shot. Um, Winnipeg who have been there and thereabouts over the last few years, may have a shout. I think they've dwindled. I'm, I'm not saying this because they I'm have dwindled. in the world, but losing Buff off the blue line has been a serious hit for them. They've not got a lot. They, they lost him. They lost Trouba to the Rangers. And in fairness, they, they've had like no firepower and they've had no back end. Other than adding Blake Wheeler, you know, they, they've lost a, quite a few players. Yeah, though they have, but so you know, but and then even even Montreal may have a, an actual run. Mm. So the, the, these divisions actually get teams that you may think don't normally have a chance. I mean, that's it sounds Florida going back onto Tampa's division may have yeah. a bit of a shot if, if Bobrovsky can play like we know he can play. They've got Hornquist as well now, and Hornquist will bring a lot of a lot of bite to their team. Not necessarily the biggest shooter, but he he, he was. You know, I've never seen a player play in the dirty areas quite like Hornquist did. And I, I know we joke about it, um, but as dark it sounds, Buffalo, if that top line could actually start really hit off off the off the gas, they could somehow make it into into a bit of a playoff show. So who, the alignment they got between the pipes now. Genuine question. So I, I think that's where Buffalo have been. Have fell short for a long time. They've not had we've a got, Yeah, we've got Olmark, who's he is pretty good, and then we've got 
Hutton. He's coming yeah. back after getting surgery and he's with his vision. Mm. His own vision problems. So, hopefully. I mean, our top line is more than likely going to be Hall, Eichel, Olofsson. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, second line of the Skinner, Stahl and Reinhardt. So, that's realistically, that's two decent lines. But yeah, we've got to make sure our goaltending is good. Yeah, yeah. A, a division we've not mentioned that has potential for some interesting crop ups is, is the West one. West. Um, you know, you've got Anaheim, Colorado, LA, Minnesota, Arizona, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. Yeah. And there's a number of teams there again that you wouldn't expect. You know, Arizona may have a, a good shot of going far just because you know. With all the rivals, everything. It's, usually, it's one of the good ones where you just don't know. Yeah. It's that so way before. Well, let, let, if you're saying that, let's put his cards on the table and say, who are we expecting? We always get his predictions wrong. So if we're saying it, who's going to win the North, the West, the Central, the East, and who's going to lift the Stanley Cup? So essentially, it's obviously going to be Tampa. I'm, in fairness, I'm not going to decide. We'll, we'll work through them, so we're gone. So we'll start with North. So who are we expecting to win North? We'll come to Central because I think that's the more predictable one. I'm going to go Vancouver. I don't know, just because there's going to be a lot of time zone changes as well and uh, they're the only ones that have got a proper time zone change. That's true, actually, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say Calgary. You can, see the, you can see the cogs turning, Andy. There. <laughs> I actually don't know. I mean, for one, I don't even know the divisions now because we're realigned, aren't they? Uh, I'll just get up on, on here. You've got North. You've got you've got Calgary. Yeah, I've got it. Okay, I've got, got it. it. Um, just find the Canada flag and there's your teams. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I'm going to say Toronto. I, I think they've got a shot this year for North. Uh, I'm I'm with Dave. I think getting Braden Holt in between the pipes is going to seriously help Vancouver. I think they had a they had a good team. Elias Pettersson, you know, they had some great players in fairness on there, and, and they they progressed significantly further in playoffs than they have done for a long time. And then getting Holt to be between the pipes, I think that's going to be a deciding factor for them. I, I'd agree with you, Andy, on Toronto, but I think they've they've picked up some. I don't dismiss Jumbo Joe, but I think they, they've picked up a few players that are a little bit past the mark now. I think Toronto are missing a, a, a stellar number one goalie. Mm. As much as... Well, they've never had it with Anderson at all. They've never no. had it with Anderson. As much as he's a good goalie, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying he's a rubbish mm-hmm. goalie. He's a good goalie, but he's not the one for me that's going to take him to the conference final, to a the, cup final. The thing for me with Anderson is Anderson's one of those goalies that if you had a good one-two punch... He'd be a great addition to their team if they had a stellar like backup netty, but they've never really had that punch. If you know, if they've not got no. a net, they've never really had a strong netminder to back up. 
No, they, they haven't. But then again, we could just fell it under. That's why they're not allowed nice things. Mm. Um, I like the way we've completely dismissed the only team that we haven't actually mentioned in the North at all is Ottawa. And that's because Ottawa are Ottawa anyway. And then there's the reasons for that. So you've just said that, yeah. If we're Murray in that, still won't be right. With Murray well, in that, they definitely com- won't be right. What's them going to conference final run again? Which they did it a few years. They did it a few years. 2016? Mm, when like your that. guys last won the cup because you're not got to wear out in the conference final. I honestly can't remember now. They all kind I'm of blurred to one. I'm pretty certain it was your, your guys knocked him out because I think it was the year Anderson's wife had the uh, she beat cancer. I think yes, the yes, story right, around right. all that. Yeah. I think it was that same year, um, and they just went on an incredible run. Yeah. So watch now we've all dismissed him. Watch him do it again. But we know what our predictions are like, so that's probably true. <laughs> but, you know. So the back of that, whoever's yeah. saying, put your money on Montreal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now they've got Scory Perry. Let's now. Let's just now. <laughs> let's move. Let's move swiftly on. So we've got Western Conference next. What? What? Who are we expecting? Oh, I'm going Vegas. They brought in a stellar team on now, so that's going to help them a lot. Mm. I'm going Colorado. I think they're on the, the, the continuing up curve. And how they're performing and how they're building as a team. And I think this could be the year where they start seeing more of the peak than they have done. Vegas is a good shout. I'm just thinking Colorado could be that. It could be the year that they get back onto the uh, onto the summit. I think that's going to be one of them. Too. I definitely think Colorado as well. Uh, I think they've been very close last uh, last year, and you know if things go the right way, draw the right teams, I, I think they've got a great shot. I, I I can't deviate from you two in fairness. I, I I've had Colorado from I'd love to see Vegas do it, but I I can't see Colorado not. I think McKinnon to me is currently the best player in the world, and I know that's controversial because people think McDavid, but I genuinely think McKinnon is the best player in the world, and um, that first line of McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, Grubauer's proved himself in there. I I think. I think they're a stellar shot, in fairness. I think we mentioned the top two in that division, if I'm honest. Yeah. It's going yeah. to be between Colorado and Vegas. It's interesting to dismiss that we've dismissed Sharks straight off the bat because they had such a horrendous season last year. And we've also dismissed St. Louis straight off the bat as the previous Stanley Cup winners out from, obviously, prior to the Lightning. St. So Louis will flirt around the top four. San Jose have a, a horrible song uh, named after him, so that's why. <laughs> Karma, that's what it is. It's a baby exactly. shark. It's lame. That's what it is. Exactly. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I completely agree with Ernest. I think they're probably are the top two. We'll move to Central. Is anybody going to say anything other than Tampa? No. No. And no, so we've got a full, full run for Tampa. So if you're listening, do anything. I think it's going to be more of an interesting one who's going to finish second. Yeah, that's true. Carolina, I think. Or, or Nashville. Mm. So I'd go Nashville. Mm. But Nashville haven't really had that much fight either. In fairness, I could see Florida now. I could see Florida. They've got Bobrovsky between the pipes, and then they've got Hallquist. And, you know, they've got rid of. Um, I can't remember his name. Who's coming to us? Who's the guy that's come to us? 
<laughs> we traded for um, Holmquist. Was it Matheson? Was I thought, yeah, I was going to say Matheson, and then it went out of my head. Yeah, Matheson. They've got rid of Matheson. I think that's probably a, a, a bonus for them. Got rid of Hoffman as well. He was scoring yeah, goals for them. He's at Louis now, isn't he, on a, on a PTO? And, is it Louis? Yep. On a PTO until they get the contract sorted down. So we'll move. We'll go to we'll go to the most difficult. I think. Oh. I, I think. Ooh. Sorry, just just first off, I'll tell you who else is on a PTO. Don't remember him. Uh, Played for Chicago. Uh, he's either Chicago or Carolina, but Scott Darling, who's been playing in the KFL yes. for the last few years, yeah. he's got a PTO. Yes. Mm. I know Gareth, uh, Gareth Sparks. Is also yeah. one at Calgary. Mm. And them, them two run a, or used to run a, a goalie uh, clinic in North America. Um, apparently, it was actually a really good one. Just a random piece of information. <laughs> um, yeah, Easton. I think this is the hardest. And it both of the I, Devils. I'd have put my money on Washington were it not for Lundqvist, which we'll obviously we can come on to. But it's not going to be the Islanders. I'll say that now. My, I'm going to go Philly. Well, I know you. I don't say for that. I just think as as rosters currently stand now, we're two or three players away from being that top team in that division. As in the Islanders, so mm. we're not going to we'll not win the division. I think Philly are there thereabouts. Chris trying I, so I, hard to not say Buffalo. Yeah, I'd much so want to say Buffalo. I don't see us doing it unless we have some kind of like miracle season with uh, net minded. But I don't see Boston either. Winning it either with losing Krug and Chara. I just don't see that really for the time being. Mm. Definitely not. Definitely not New Jersey. I'm still gonna put it on Washington. They've got too much firepower. Mm. I think Penguins. I'd love to say Penguins, but I just <laughs> I think getting rid of Hornquist was a mistake. I think we've got rid of Murray, which I don't think was a mistake, but Jerry's got to get some time to get used to being a, a full time starter. I presume we'll pull this Smith up as the second name. Um I, just, I can't We've got that is that is the biggest thing ever. We got rid of Jack Johnson, thank God for that. Um, but we brought in Matheson, and I'm kind of the jury's out on Matheson at the moment. Even with Crosby and Malkin, would it be fair to say that kind of the window of of cup wins, not deep playoffs, but cup wins, is is a little bit shut at the moment for Pittsburgh. Not so much a full transition, but there's a bit, you know, especially in the net money department, there's a, a bit of a transition. Mm. From what you've had previously with Fleury and Murray at his, at his peak at uh, Pittsburgh, he may do it at, at uh, Ottawa. Yeah. Would it be fair to say there's a little bit of a, a small transition shot for your guys? I, I, yeah, I'd agree. I don't think our biggest problem has ever been netminding. I don't think it was. I, I wanted Murray to go by the end. I thought that he, there were too many people that knew his weakness. But 
I don't. I think our biggest problems on the blue line. I, I really don't think we have a strong defence at the moment. We've now got rid of Justin Schultz. He's gone to Washington. Um, you know, we've got we've got rid of Jack Johnson, but we brought in Matheson. And my big, my biggest, and this is controversial as a Pens fan because every Pens fan seems to love him, but I just think Latang's a liability. I think he's too offensively minded. We've got a rookie netminder in essentially now. I know he's not technically a rookie, but he's he's not used to being a full time starter. And we've got our prime D-man, who's also on the older end as well and can't compete with the speed of, of a lot of players now. And he's the guy that's generally going to end up behind the back of the opponent's net because that's just where he likes to be. He likes to pinch up too high. I'll say that for our division, there's a lot of older players mm-hmm. that actually are in decent roles. I mean, you know, we've got Andy Green, who we've re-signed for another year. Um, Matt Martin. I mean, we've lost Boychuk through retirement, which is an yeah. absolute shame. Um, because I just think he's the old school defenseman that people still want to see. Uh, but you've got Chara, who's at Washington. There's a lot of players, even on the rag, Rangers, sorry, who went down the, uh, giving them their proper nickname. Um, a lot of older players. So I, I think as much as there's some younger end across that division, I think there's some experience yeah. that'll make it interesting as to who goes far in the East Division. See, I think... I really can't bring myself to say this, but I genuinely think the Eastern Division will go to Boston. I know they've lost Krug, and Krug is a big loss to me. I think Krug was one of their one of their gritty players. He brought a lot of energy to their team. But I see losing Chara as a benefit to them. I don't think Chara was any asset to them by the end. Yes, he's got a great shot, but he was just... I, I just don't think he was an asset by the end. I think he's too old now. He's not He's not got the energy. He's not got the speed. You don't see him get that many shots off anymore, as, as much as you'd like to see at least. So I, I think losing Charter and, um, you know, another year of passing that Bergeron and Marchand, as much as I hate Marchand and I hate the Bruins, I, I can't see anybody but them doing the Eastern. I would love to be wrong, but... Well, that said, I'll, I'll probably be wrong, and it'll go to Philly like Nathan, and that'll be even worse. <laughs> so we'll see Marshall and get the C as a troll. <laughs> I th- yeah, well, I, I can't <laughs> see. It has to go to Bergeron, doesn't it? It has to go to Bergeron. So, all right, go on. So we've got us, we've got us conference winners then. Who's going to be lifting the uh, part Sheffield made silverware? I think this is the most difficult show out of whenever we've done this before. This is the most difficult. Tampa's going to repeat. As as squads and rosters stand now, Tampa's going to, re, going to repeat and they'll defend the cup. I'd love to say that we would do it one final time at the Coliseum, as our roster stands now. Mm. Um, could could the Rangers have a go at it? No. no, not yet. <laughs> no. They've, got, they, they've got two rookie netties, though. They've got Shusterkin and... Shusterkin, um, well, Gorgiev. Gorgiev. The one that they've had, they've had a couple of years. Um, so that's, that's another battle to, to bring on the um, Shusterkin and uh, Sorokin. We're mm. both good friends from Russia and now are potential starters for the, uh, the, the teams in New York. So 
I think there's a few things we've seen from them two teams. Uh, could Vancouver go on a run? I think every chance. Um, could Vegas do it? Every chance. If you, I'll, I'll go this way. Vancouver-Vegas is your conference final in the West. If it's the least West, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. I'm not sure. If, I don't know. It's, they they I'm, can't I'm not really sure. say yet, can they? It's been very, like, vague. So let's, let's say it's East-West again. Yeah. For me, West is Vancouver-Vegas for your final. Um, And I'm going to go Tampa-Philly. But Tampa to win. For the East, but Tampa to win the Cup. Part of me doesn't think Tampa will win it just because Kucherov's out until May, at least. That's true, I forgot about that. So they're going to try it. So that's a lot of goal scoring gone. So they're going to have to try and find it from somewhere else. Mm. I kind of want to say Colorado. To get to at least the final anyway. Mm. I think Tampa, Colorado, with Tampa edging it in the final. See, I think Vancouver, Colorado for a Western, if that's what we, if that's how I'm doing it. Eastern, I think, would be Dallas, Washington. Uh, and I, I agree with Colorado. I think Colorado will do it this year. But I don't think I think Dallas would be a good outside bet. They've pushed themselves more over the last few years and, and raised themselves up through the ranks. Came very, very close last year. I think they'll be hungry for it. So there you go. We'll let, we'll, we'll have to see how that pans out. We've got to say eleven days or whatever it is until the start of the season. Um and then we'll get some idea as to whether the teams are performing to how we'd expect. But um Yeah, I mean we're on 2021. We've, we've happily flicked over the calendar and thrown the 2020 um, in the bin now. Um, probably where it rightfully belongs. We've now got some speculation. There's, there's hints. There's there's talk in Carolina, you know, um, with regards to what's going to go on in the Elite League. The NIHL did their streaming series where for a few weeks. Um, I hold my hands up and say I didn't actually watch any of that. But... Um, there is some talk of something happening with the Elite League. So what are we expecting? I think it all depends on the money that's been offered by the government. So the headline was it was £4 million from the government. Now, if it's in the loan, I don't think they'll take it and we'll just wait till September and we'll just go again. And everyone will be excited. It'll be like... You know, UK hockey fans will be like kids on a family pack of Skittles waiting to burst into the rinks. Um, If it's grants, if it's it's going to be just given to the teams, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a NHL-esque 12-week season, teams in a hotel, back and forth to the NIC, which is the logical place to go. Um couple of areas for gym places so that players can maintain fitness and just keep the protocols, the COVID protocols across the two. Um, I think that's the only way we're going to see some hockey from the Elite League um, because unlike in other leagues in Europe, we can't just play them in our own arenas and go from yeah. there. This, this is not just, it 
just doesn't make sense. Um, I think the only way you could control it would be a COVID, a COVID bubble. Um, and you know, you could get you could get people paying for the streams. It will allow them lead to make a bit of money on the side there, which is nothing wrong. Um, and go from there. I think, that's, I think that's the only way we're going to see some hockey. Yeah. But we'd have to start soon with the contemplation of the World Championships potentially at the end of May. Hmm. Personally, I don't. Unless it is like the, the grunt of here's four nil, you have to make a season now, at least. Unless it's like, it is like that, then I don't really see anything happening until September, at the very latest. Mm. I I just hope it just because of how practically COVID is in this country, as well as all the tears that are going into place. I won't swear on that part. I'll keep it PG. It's just... Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening at all. Especially with, like, the, most places, well, some places are now lifting the restriction, the flight restrictions, but most have still got in the flight restrictions. And you put in place, if even if they can get over it, you put in place their two-week quarantine. I... I Will it be in? I mean, it's only the second, what, second of January now. I still can't see it taking mm. place very soon. Not even a twelve-week season. It's unfortunate, but yeah, after that, I just can't see it. If it's taken this long for him to not even figure out or be told if it's a loan, a grant. Or just got it straight off the bat, uh, then I can't see happening. If it's taken this long to not even know what it what it is about, then I, I can't see it. Um, if it does happen, if it, if we do get the money, I think they have to play because um, even if we don't use that four million, you know, in that in this whole twelve week period or whatever, they could still definitely do with it going forward. I think it would uh, open, open up a lot of opportunities. Uh, for the league in terms of sponsorship and things like that, and, and just to be, you know, just to use that money and invest in things that they need to need that they need to use. Mm. So that's why I think they should do it. Uh, plus, it's, it's also you know giving players like Rob Dowd or or whoever else uh, time to play again, which is what they need. And if you're gonna still play in the World Championships, you know these players, these Britain British players, they still need ice time. There's a lot of them that don't have it at the minute. So I think mm. it is something that I definitely need if they're going to, uh, you know, not get a 20 or 30 nil battering against another team, which isn't what I want to see personally, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, I get them 50-50 because uh, no one really knows what this 4 million is at the minute. It's almost mm. non-existent. It's just this almost like pipe dream mm. mentioned figure that nobody really knows about. I agree. I, I think I, I think it very much pins on what the terms are. If, like Dave said, if it's going to be a loan or a grant, if it's going to be a loan, I can't see him taking it. If it's a grant, great. I think then it pins on what the rules are. If the rules are that we have to get some kind of season to fit in with the usual window, as in finishing before April, May, then I think, you know, we've got to do it if we've got a four mil grant on the table. If the rules are basically that we've got a four mil grant and we can use it however we want to bolster the league, 
I'd much rather see him not use it and much rather see him hold on to it until the start of next season and use that to secure the possibility of having a season next season. At the end of the day, the reason that one of the main reasons that was that was cited for us not having a season this year was that you know we'd have all the cost of getting a player overpaying for the visas, the flights, the accommodation, and then up for all that to be potentially taken away as it as it evidently now would have been. You know, it was something that the league couldn't risk. Teams weren't willing to do that because they weren't willing to put all that money there up front for them to not have any revenue from games. And I think I'd much rather, if it was on the cards and a possibility, then use that four million to secure being able to use that to secure players coming in. Don't use it for the budget per se. Don't use that as a kind of oh yeah, we can use this to budget bringing in some bigger players, but use that as almost a budget to just secure that we're not just going to have some dead money sat there if if teams pay for players to come over, and then the season doesn't isn't able to go ahead. I think we've got to use it to secure some kind of season coming up twenty one twenty two rather than trying to salvage something i think any money is one of the things if i've read correctly is if you are using the money you have to put on a season right so if it was going to go down lines off we we could do but it may not be best then we wouldn't take the money and we just wait till september yeah oh my my question with it is though is is it going to turn into just another kind of streaming series like the nhl did because ultimately, how many imports are really going to... Look at what Robert Downs ended up doing. He ended up going to Epan, getting himself some ice time in the Italian league, and then ended up not being able to come home for Christmas because of all the all the you know lockdowns put in place. Are import players really going to want to put themselves in a position where they're potentially stuck in the UK? Possibly. If they'll, they'll want some you know ring time and gives them yeah, a shot but... at the, uh, the window for next year, there's some teams. So... Yeah. You know, it was unfortunate that what happened with Dowd in terms of being stuck over there with the restrictions before Christmas and that. Um, for a season to happen now, there are no festive periods where you'd want to be back yeah. home or something. So that's a little bit on, on the side of something happening. Mm. No, I mean, I'm, I'm more thinking like the way that we had to... I'm thinking more when first lockdown kicked in and things like that. I remember like the rush that the Steelers were tweeting about saying that we've got X amount of Czech players and whatever that were having to get home imminently before the Czech border shut and they were just stuck in, you know, in, in the UK. I don't necessarily, I, I get what you mean. There's no I, I think I think now it would be a case of players would be taking it at the risk. Yeah. I think um, we'd see, I think we'd see a diminishment in the in the quality of players though, because I yes. think the players that could secure a place back home would play back home. From what I've heard as well is that, um, you know, it, if this isn't a grant, if this if this is a four million given to the league, then they have to at least have some sort of season with COVID. Now, that doesn't mean they have to spend all of it during COVID season. If if they spend half of that, fair enough, just to get a twelve week thing going, that's great. Then they've still got that two million to put into the future, to put yeah. into next season, and I think that's going to be beneficial because no money, well, some money, and it's quite a lot for the elite league that. And I think it'd be foolish not to take it in some way if it's not a grant, or if it's not a loan or anything like that. So mm. I think it's something they need to take to secure the future of this sport. Because who knows if this happens again in five years' time, then or or even next year, if it, if it's gone for like six months, then comes back, then what will we do? Because then we'll be you know, struggling more. Yeah, so we need to use it. I think that's one of the key things. 
So I think mm-hmm. it would be a streaming effort and, and they would be able to buy um, streams. But if I, if I was the league, I'd be saying, right, I'd do a £100 season ticket. Watch every single game, 100 quid. Pay it over three months. The amount of people that do that, I think, because of the want of hockey, mm. yeah, would, but would sell very as, well. If you did it as a streaming thing, you can also do, like, we've, we've talked about this before, in fairness, about, about webcasts, but we've talked about the them doing something like what NHL TV do, of having some kind of game centre where you subscribe, pay X amount, and then you can watch all of the games. But I, I genuinely think, yeah, exactly. You could do like a £100 season ticket to watch your team, or you could do a hundred, like you could give them an option, or say for an extra 50 quid, I'm pulling figures out of midair, but if you could say for another 50 quid, you can watch any game. And then all of a sudden, if your team's not a game on a, not got a game on a Sunday, but you know that Nottingham are playing Cardiff or Belfast are playing Coventry, or you, you know you get in your, your top contending teams are all kind of clashing and they, they've got a, a decent potential for either a, you know a blow game where everything's going to start kicking off, or you've got a good potential for a good close game. You tune in and watch that. We've yeah. done it before. I've done it before where we I think we paid. Was it? We went to we, when we were um, up in Newcastle at one point on the F4s year that we did, that that the Knights didn't make it in. I think the Steelers were playing at home against someone like Fife, and then Cardiff were playing at home against Belfast, and it was the game where Ben Bounds knocked the puck into his own net um, in overtime, and, and we paid for that one rather than paying for the Steelers game just because it promised to be a more interesting game. And I think that would be the kind of thing that you'd be faced with. You'd have that option then of going, oh, hold on. Yes, you know, we're playing, you know, the bottom league team. I don't want to name a team, so I don't want to be biased. But, oh, yeah, Steelers are playing the bottom league team. Oh, oh, you could watch the two top league teams. You could watch Cardiff versus Belfast. You definitely, I think you do that. you got to think of as well, though. Not everyone, like, well, ourselves, where we'll watch hockey because we love the sport. You'll get people yeah, going, you get, you get that much people to watch. Yeah. Just to watch Fife or Dundee or Storm, for example. But even, but in fairness, even if that only then went to a select few, you would then have the select few paying the extra money to watch the extra games, but you'd then also be given the fans some appeasement and going, look, if you don't like the extra cost, just pay for your own games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like could catch on as well, like after after COVID. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I think you'll catch on as well. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's one of them opportunities where the league could actually go, we can try something here. Yeah. After after it's all settled and we're back to a norm, we're not going to have this opportunity of everyone in the same place, but we can actually say, yo, what the principles are controlling the streams and everything, and actually the money yeah. coming to us then spread out becomes a huge, you know, massive difference. It's time to try all things, isn't it? it, it really and is you also right can do it. Yeah. Exactly. And you can just do it where you, you don't say it's more beneficial to watch all the games at home. We still want to see you in, through the doors. We still want to see you at the Grinks. But yeah. here's an opportunity to watch games that, you know, your team's away from home. So it, it potentially has, has you know, the, the aspect of a good opportunity for the league to be able to go, let's move our league to another level. Yeah. Not only access to, to the games for fans, but also revenue streams. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think it would. It should be interesting to see... If it's implemented, well, so I mean, I mean, like that, that's that's the speculation on the on the elite league season. What what else? What else do we want to discuss? I guess the only other real thing on the cards is the world champs, which I think is is. 
I think if you'd have asked me six months ago as to whether the world champs were going to go ahead, I was very sceptical just because of how America were dealing with the whole situation. But the fact that the world juniors is going ahead and the fact that America are now potentially starting to tackle the COVID problem as well, I think I, I can't see any other situation. I'm trying to say this in the least like... Most politely possible. Way. Um, but yeah, I think... You know, I, I can't see any other way forward, but the but the world champs going. But I think it's going to be a, a significant disadvantage to our league if we can't bolster something substantial as well. It's not even just putting up together a few weeks of, of players playing each other. It's we need something substantial because we're going to be facing, you know, Canada and the USA or whoever's in our group. You know, you know I can't remember offhand, but we're going to be facing some Russia. powerhouse teams. Exactly. Russia, yeah. the Czech Republic. Um... The other, the other big, the other big hitters that we didn't face last time. Yeah, exactly. But to me, we are playing and have been playing for a long time. Yet we haven't. So mm. what's going to happen there? <laughs> it's going to be yeah, a yeah. massive. So, so a slight benefit to us is that with all the divisions below 1A from a world championship only, um, all about the men's senior, 1A downwards have all been cancelled. Yeah. So this year will once again be a year where no teams get relegated. Oh, that's just okay then. Yeah. Right. So. Well, let's put it this way. If there was a relegation, who's going to take the spot? It has to be a promotion, yeah. That's so, yeah. so GB will, theoretically, it's not been confirmed, with the WHF, anything goes. Look at that Germany game against Canada where the, they had two different feeds, where one feed said the game was over. Actually, no, we've got half a second left. How you do it, I don't know. Um, so theoretically, GB should be in the year after um, group in Finland. Yeah. So it's it's about... A lot of talk at the moment is that it won't be in Minsk. It will be taken away from Minsk. A lot of report now, not just from Europe and the pressure from Europe, but also now the Americans uh, through the Senate have actually passed comments and I say judgment, but their Senate are saying we don't want to see this event happen in Minsk, not just because of the COVID situation, but also the political situation happening there. Mm. And the talk is that the event could be moved. It won't be moved to the Scandinavian team, so it won't be in Sweden and Finland. It could be either Bratislava or Prague. Now, we saw Bratislava yeah. in 2019. They have an arena that could hold it. Prague has the O2, which is about uh, 16,000, 17,000, so that could hold it. I believe, from the talk and all, all, the, all the, uh, the chat from the press who are sort of insiders, as it were, a lot of talk is going to be like a bubble, so there'll mm. be no fans in the games. Um, which is a shame because I can imagine a, a world champion in Prague would be very, very good. Um, as, a, as arenas goes, also the O2 in Prague is one of the best arenas in the world. Um, so I think it'll happen. There'll be something. Yeah. Um, it's just it, a lot. It, it, it'll just be, will it be an NHL-style bubble or will they actually say, do you know what, we could actually have a few fans in? Yeah. Can we have at heart, you know, 50%? Because you know, this will be the end of May. A, a minimum of four months could change a heck of a lot. The, the the vaccines could kick in and the restrictions could be relaxed. So let's just go Prague, for example. You know, you could see you know people be able to come to Prague without quarantine and be able to go to games, songs as they prove a negative test. Let's say. Yeah. So much can happen in in between now and then. You know, could determine whether you're going to have fans at the World Champs. And, yeah. you know, GB could go to this ones and go, do you know, let's just blood some players because we're not going to have a league of such if we don't have we don't have the uh, the elite league. Yeah. And just getting that exposure and the opportunity to play at the world champs. 
to then go next year in either Helsinki or Tampere to go again and go, we need to stay up. Yeah. So it's one of them where it's like, okay, nice opportunity. Yeah. Out of out of nothing, in, in that respect. Um. But I hope, and I think I speak for all, that it's in Prague and fans can go, and we can get tickets, and we end up in Prague. <laughs> It'll be like Krasitsa all over again, but. Probably a, a lot of better surroundings, which isn't a, a, a fault at Unsalakia itself. It's just that trip was like in the back end of nowhere. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to laugh a few years ago, and I think it, it actually was the last, the uh, Connie Cup final this year, where the Panthers fans, I might say it because it was the Panthers in the final, there was a complaint that they may have to travel a few hours to Grodno, potentially that uh, Grodno was going to host the. County Cup final, mm. and me, me and Griff are like what, six hours flight and train to God now. Oh bless you, you know. With the journey we had to make going from uh, from here to Kashitsa via Vienna and Bratislava, um, it's be a, a travel. Travel's a very interesting one. Getting to the places where hockey's played in the in sort of Central East Europe. So if it's mm. in Prague or Bratislava, straight to the airport. Thank you very much. Job done. <laughs> a lot easier. But yeah, so you know that's what I think state of play of the world champs. But like with the elite league, so much could change within a week because yeah. you know the, without knowing what the governments uh, around the world, not just in, in, in the Czech Republic government, is how they roll out the vaccine, how they're then going to start so they, you know, easing the restrictions if they can do, etc., etc. Yeah. So much can happen, but there's so much time for it to happen. So, who knows? Yeah. Have we got anything else for 2021 currently? Oh, I can't really remember what else we had, or if that was it. And is that Don't much? Um, <laughs> is that much like uncertainty about 2021? I can't even remember if there was anything else that we, that we had. Right, I'll see you again in six months, Jets. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, right, Jets, yeah. nice. Okay, who knows, who knows. Brilliant. No, if that's it then, Jets, I think I think that's probably time to call it. I didn't expect us to be uh, to be on for an hour and a half, in fairness, with uh, with a review of a three-month year and then a speculation of the next year. But, um, yeah, some good length once again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, if that's it then, Jets, I think, I think it's probably time to wrap up and... Uh, yeah, who knows when we will next be we will next be talking. And I don't know. It's, 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 we've got to have some more hockey. We've got NHL, but I'm conscious that we're not an NHL podcast. So who knows how much uh, how much content that will fund. But uh, but we will see. But yeah, until then, um, Dave, thank you very much, sir. Thank you very much. Great to uh, get the band back together. Um, yeah, whenever it happens again, who knows? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, thank you very much. And to anybody who listens and remembers what we're like. Um, I hope we've uh, upgraded on the, the gong show that we normally are. <laughs> this is true. And Andy, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks to Graf and Dave again. Thanks to everyone listening. And uh, uh, till, we meet, till we meet again. Don't you know, know where, don't know when. Exactly. Like <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, Gref, not Gareth, Gref. Thank you. That time. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
Chris, thank you very much, sir. Thank you for having me. Thanks to Dave and staff as well as uh, hope everyone's had a, a good new year. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's fingers crossed for a better uh, 2021, and uh, hopefully it won't be too long before we're back um, chin wagging again and uh, and putting another episode out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, here's hoping. But yeah, until that point, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening again. As everybody said, happy new year, and uh, yeah, keep an eye out on social media, and we'll uh, we will let you guys know when we're next doing a podcast. I guess. <laughs> Cheers.